Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. And I'm going to share this message. You know, the Lord is, he gives me, it's, it's shocking to me the way he gives me messages. That's really weird. But this happened actually Wednesday night. I got up to, to take the offering before my wife taught about prayer. And this sermon fell on me. It's like, okay. So I started talking about it. Um, and so that's where I'm at. That's where I'm going to go today. This is, um, it's, so, it's so simple, but there's, it's like the simplicity of the Lord. You get there and you start to, you dangle your foot in it and you find out it's bottomless down there. The simplicity of God is deeper than the deepest of all the oceans. But this is, um, I'm three verses I want to share with you. This first one has to be one of the top of my favorite sermons that are um, verses I read over and over again. For of his fullness we have all received. Of his fullness. I, I like just saying the word fullness. Fullness. Of his fullness we have all received. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And then another verse that this repetitive kind of thing with um, this is Paul for in, in the message of the gospel, he's talking about the power of the gospel. He's not, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness that comes not by our actions, but by faith, right? So in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous one will live by faith. So it's describing a progression. There was a day when the, the, the light turned on. You were awakened to the reality of God. Faith became a, a, a substance in your life. And then you began to go from faith to faith to faith, growing in, the thing, in things of God. And then another verse that this reminds me of, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all with unveiled face... Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed, metamorphosized, changed into a different substance, into the same image. And it's talking about the image of Christ. So this is describing beholding the glory of the Lord, and specifically in in context, if you read it, Paul's talking about his epistles, reading the word of God, beholding the glory of the Lord in the written words, we are transformed or metamorphosized from glory to glory to glory to glory, from one degree of glory to another, from this comes by the Spirit who is the, from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now this, as I was reading these verses, um, I started thinking about this sermon that I read years ago by Jonathan Edwards. Those of you that have been around here a while know that I love to read Jonathan Edwards. He was a pastor in, in the 1700s, in New England, pastored in Northampton, Massachusetts, probably about 70 miles west of Boston. And in those days, there wasn't an interstate or a highway, or the only way to get there was on a dirt path on your horse. That's how you got to to Northampton from Boston. It was the remote edge of the wilderness in those days, in 1730s. And um, he had a uh, the Lord came down in his church. I mean, came down in his church, for those of you that have been around a while or been in, in a, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, 
It came down in, our, in his church like it came down in our church in 1994, except this wasn't an Assembly of God church. This was a, a Puritan congregation, third generation Puritan. The Holy Ghost fell. People started getting stuck to the floor, going in trances, laughing, crying, being un, uh, 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 totally um, um, intoxicated for, for weeks at a time. And the thing that was so amazing is he embraced it. And, um, and if you know Jonathan Edwards, he was a, a theologian, you know, he, he was, well, that's, that's another story. So he embraced the, the theology and the power of the Holy Spirit. And as he began to come under conviction of his own sin in his life, he kept saying this phrase over and over again, infinite upon infinite. That's what he felt. He, he saw that his sin was before a, a holy God, infinite upon infinite, infinite upon infinite. And as I thought about that phrase on, on that side of it, you know, if you're a Christian, at some point you came under the conviction of sin and you realized you were a sinner in need of a savior, right? So you came to that place. But on the other side, the blessing of God, infinite upon infinite, upon infinite, upon infinite. There is no end to the blessing of God. The blessings of God are are endless. It's impossible to exhaust the blessing of God in this life. Just because you've gotten majorly blessed or majorly impacted by the Holy Ghost, you haven't scratched the surface of his greatness and of his goodness and of his favor. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I discovered reading the, the sermons of Jonathan Edwards was in his, his famous sermon, Heaven is a World of Love, he talked about heaven being a, 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 an unveiling of the goodness and greatness of God that would last for eternity. And he said it could never end because how can you exhaust infinite? How can you ever see everything there is of the infinite grace and goodness and favor and beauty of the Lord? Impossible. After you've been there 10,000 years, you're just getting started like the great song Amazing Grace. After we've been there 10,000 years, we've only just begun to sing its song because we're getting a a download of the greatness of this infinite amazing God. We've only tasted the edge. We've only tasted the edge. That's what salvation is. So let's, let's just dig a little bit in these three verses. Of his fullness, of his fullness we have all received. Grace upon grace upon grace. Of his fullness. Have you ever really considered what John is saying? It's impossible to receive fullness because the fullness of God is infinite. That's why John said we must say of his fullness. I haven't received all of his fullness. I've received of his fullness. I've taken in a a portion of the edge of his fullness. When I was born again, I tasted of his fullness. And I tasted his amazing grace. That's what brought me out of my sinful lifestyle and brought me into the house of God was tasting of the grace of God and the fullness of God. But how it didn't start there. It didn't stop there. It went on and it went on and it went on. It went on. It continues today. It'll continue that day when I step out of this body and step into the other one, step into my eternal, my eternal inheritance. 
glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. It's bigger than you think. It's more real than you think. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He makes that real to you. Now, for those of you that don't understand what I'm talking about, for some right now, I, I sound like the teacher in the, in the Peanuts cartoons. Blah, 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 blah. You have no idea. I might as well be speaking in tongues or speaking in Greek. But when you taste and see for yourself the edge of the greatness of God, something breaks open. Something breaks open in your heart. You realize there's nothing, nothing, nothing this life could ever offer you that could ever satisfy anything. It couldn't begin to satisfy anything in you because there's more. So like John, I'm drinking of his fullness as much and as often as I can. Actually receiving of his fullness is what heaven is all about. We'll be taking him in in all his beauty and glory throughout eternity. We'll be caught up in the infinite upon infinite nature of our God. So on this side of heaven, we're taking in a foretaste of his fullness. That's nothing to take lightly because it is fullness, the fullness of God poured on us and in us and through us increasing in measures as we drink of his grace. The grace of God influencing my life. It influences my life. Yeah, I was, my sins were washed away and and from God's perspective, I became spotless. But there was still issues in my life. And this grace, it it brings a, a, a change, a gradual, consistent change within my life starting, and it all starts with the issues of the heart. Your heart is transformed. Your affections are transformed. The things that you love are transformed. You become a lover of God, a lover of the Bible, a lover of your spouse, a lover of your family, a lover of people. Instead of being twisted and perverted and lusting after unpleasant and unseemly things, your your heart is centered now, not because it's a rule, but because the grace of God is changing everything about you. So living in this life of God, so that's grace to grace. Now, Romans 1.17, from faith to faith, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And it's like, can you remember when you first got saved and you thought, why can't everybody else see this? Because they can't. They can't. You couldn't either until, until the great day. Until the great day, the veil came off and you're staring grace right into the face. That's called faith. Faith came alive in your life. And suddenly, suddenly Jesus was real. Suddenly Jesus was precious. Suddenly the Bible was powerful. Suddenly the gospels were attractive. It's called faith, but it's from faith to faith. He says, yeah, in, in, in the gospel, the, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous one will live by faith. So this becomes our life of, of taking in from faith to faith to faith to faith in our daily life. Yeah, let me, let me read this short paragraph to you. 
These are all from blogs that I, uh, that I post every day. I love this thought. As we grow in faith, we grow closer and closer to the Lord, bringing us into a deeper place of intimacy with him. Faith is the effect of God on our souls that causes us to experience the reality of God for ourselves. It's an awakening. As we step deeper into this spiritual world that is open to us, we begin to become more intimately acquainted with the Lord as we progress in this walk Paul described as faith to faith. The grace of God awakened faith in our soul. It's by the grace of God that we begin to experience in a daily walk with God. This is what Paul called from faith to faith. Yeah, in his word, his, the, the word of God becomes alive to you. The church becomes alive to you. People become different to you. You begin to look at people by faith and you begin to see the, the redemption story in their life. Instead of that person that's always aggravating to you, you look at them through eyes of faith and you see what Jesus sees. You see what Jesus sees when you look at them. Instead of judging them and being critical of their, their blemishes and inconsistencies and their weirdness, your eyes of faith are open and you're beginning to walk, walk from faith to faith to faith to faith. I'm not talking about rules. We can't live by rules. We fail miserably. You know, you can, someone can give you a seminar on how to be a better husband and you check all the checks, but inside you're not doing any of it and you're not going to do any of it because your heart has not been changed. You can take any topic, finances, marriage, whatever it is, vision, you know, being a success, all of, all of that stuff until, until your heart changes on the inside by the grace of God and you start to walk by faith, faith, faith. You're, you're wasting your time. You might get by for a little while, but you're going to fall right back into your same misery because you're chained. It's faith to faith. Now, I, I want to read this last, and then we're going to put it all together. So the, the, the last one, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all with unveiled face, so the veil, he's talking about Moses, he's talking about looking into the, the he said in the Old Testament, you read the Old Testament, there was a, a veil, like the veil that put over Moses' face. Moses came out of the, the immediate Shekinah presence of God. He put a veil over his face so that people couldn't look at the glory. He said, now the veil has been removed in Christ. Um, behold, we're beholding, we're looking, we're gazing at the glory of the Lord. When you read the Bible with your eyes wide open, you begin to see Christ walking in the pages. He begins to speak to you. It's not just a story. It's not just written words. It's the living word of God that, that has glimmers of light that will penetrate your hearts. It's the, it's the glory of God in his word. As we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord, we're being transformed into the same image. I am being changed as I yield, and, and you're being changed as you yield. From that first day, the light turned on, and you took your first step of faith by faith by faith. You begin to experience glory by glory by glory, and you begin to experience transformation. You begin to change. And the change was you begin to take on the countenance, the countenance and the resemblance of Jesus. That's what began to happen. You begin to resemble Jesus. You became Christ-like. Wow. I love that. 
So yeah, so yeah, from, it, from glory to glory, every time I touch God in reading the scripture or in prayer in the spirit, I experience glory to glory to glory. So yeah, you know, you hear me, people that have been here a while, you know that I have basically two remedies for all your troubles. Read your Bible a lot and pray in the spirit a lot, and it'll, it'll fix everything. <laughs> It will. Everything will get fixed. You start reading your Bible on a daily basis. You focus on the, and what will start to happen is you'll start to taste the glory of God for yourself. And you'll begin to experience, you'll be, you'll be taken in, you'll be taken in grace upon grace. You'll be walking faith to faith. And you'll be, you'll be experiencing glory upon glory in your life. Now here's, this is where I got all of that to give you this. This is where we're headed this favor, this favor of God is on me, it's in me, and it's working through me. I want you to say that with me. The favor of God is on me, it's in me, and it's working through me. Yeah, this, Paul said in Romans 8, 18, I'm reading the Amplified Bible, what of that? For I consider the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worthy to being compared with the glory that's about to be revealed to us and in us and for us, and I'll add to that, and through us in this, in this generation. This is the glory of God. It's on me, it's in me, and it's through me. Now let's, let's think for a moment, the glory of God on me, infinite favor upon favor is on me. There's an unexplainable favor on my life. There's favor on my life. And you can say the same thing. There's favor on your life. The favor of God rests on me, not because I'm special or because I've done anything special, just but, but because God put his hand on my life. He called me his own. He set me apart for his purposes in this generation. And I have to say there is an incredible favor on my life. This was the point when, when, when Jesus first encountered Peter. He encountered Peter and he said, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. And he put the nets in the, in the water and he started catching a, a net ripping, boat sinking load of fish. Peter never dreamed he'd catch a harvest like that in his fishing business. But it happened that day. From that day, Peter began to step into a new season of the favor of God upon his life. There's favor on me. There's favor on you. There's favor on your work. There's favor on your business. There's favor on your ministry. Favor, favor upon favor. It's raining down on me. It's pouring down on me. I'm under the faucet of it every day. I read his word and that favor's multiplying. I pray in the Holy Ghost and favor is multiplying on my life. Favor upon favor upon favor upon favor on my life. Now this next, this next part. So yeah, I didn't, well, I didn't read the verse. May blessing, praise, laudation, eulogy be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm by the power of the Holy Spirit, given by the Holy Spirit. Now, so now this favor is on me. Now this favor is also, it's inside of me. It's all in me. 
It's all in Jesus is all in me. The Holy Ghost is all in me. Favor, faith. How can the infinite God be in me without me experiencing the blessings of the Spirit? This is not a theological concept. It's a real thing. Favor is in my life. So yeah, Ephesians 3.20, now to him who by consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly far and above all that we dare or ask or think infinitely beyond, infinite upon infinite, beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. This favor is affecting my emotional condition. Maybe you're still scarred, and all of us are to one degree or another, from our past, from past drama, from past disappointments, from past sins that we committed or people committed against us, and no matter, we haven't been able to shake all of it yet, well, this, this favor within you will wash it out of your brain, will wash it out of your conscience. You'll have no, no, no awareness of who you were or what happened. That part will be a blank slate. So yeah, he's inside of us. He's affecting our emotions. He's affecting my my physical well-being. You know, I'm 71 years old now. I don't know how long I'm gonna preach, hopefully a long, 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 long time. But if I'm 81 preaching, I don't wanna be like this. This, the Holy Ghost is affecting my life. The Holy Spirit is affecting my life. I don't want to get weak and decrepit and sick and miserable. I don't want to be having to have a boatload of pills in my body just to survive day after day. The Holy Spirit is alive and his favor is in my body. His favor is affecting my body. The same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead dwells in my physical body. He quickens my physical body. He affects my physical body. Does that mean I can, I can eat like a moron and not exercise? No, I have to be a wise steward of this temple. I have to be a wise steward. I can't just eat everything my gnarly flesh wants to eat and lay on the sofa all day long. I will look like that decrepit old man. And I wonder why God didn't heal me. What? Get the bucket. Get the bucket. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but get in the bucket. Yeah, now this, so he's on me. He's in me. Now here's the, here's the this is the part that's so shocking. This, this incredible infinite upon infinite upon infinite is flowing out of me. Paul said Galatians 3, but when he who had set me apart from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him to the Gentiles. Wow. The most shocking, crazy thing you can say to a Pharisee is I'm gonna send you as a, for our ministry to the Gentiles. And this Pharisee of Pharisees was called by God and set apart and there was favor put on his life, favor put in his life and it began to flow out of him to the Gentile world. It's still flowing out of him to this Gentile world. This morning it's flowing from the Apostle Paul's pen into this Gentile congregation in New Orleans, 
Louisiana, thousands of years and thousands of miles from where it was ever written, but it's still just as real as it was the day he wrote it 2,000 years ago. It's just as powerful, and it hasn't diminished. Infinite upon infinite upon infinite of God. So yeah, if this is true, if there's infinite upon infinite favor on me, and infinite upon infinite favor within me. Jesus said it like this, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of his belly will flow a river. Out of him will flow a river. Out of him will flow a river of the infinite upon infinite upon infinite power and glory of God. Yeah, there, there are people in your world that desperately need the favor that's on your life. There's people in your world that are dying. They're shrinking up. They're in a miserable condition. They're pretending like it's all okay, but it's not okay. Let, let this favor upon favor upon favor, let it loose. I'm not saying you have to become obnoxious and preach at them all the time. Let your light shine into their life. Pray for them. Ask them if you can pray for them and be a blessing in their life. Put your hands on them when they're in trouble and say, let me pray for you. I believe God's going to turn this situation around in your world. Favor. There's more favor on you than you can even imagine. Infinite. There is infinite. There's infinite upon infinite favor on you and in you, and it's like a, a pent-up dam that needs to, it's, you just poke it, it's going to come, it's going to come busting out. It's going to come busting out all over everybody you get around. I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's highly, it's highly, uh, What's the right word for it? Contagious. It's a highly effective. There's, a, there's, a, a not, there's an effect that comes on everyone that gets into the flow of this thing that's flowing out of us. Out of your words, out of your actions, out of your eyes, out of your smile, out of your touch, out of your deeds. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together, y'all. I want to, let's pray together this morning. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.